The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's your favourite moment in women's football? The Scottish national team got to the World Cup 2019 and it was a massive moment for them. And um, I'm sure a great experience too and we're very, all very proud as the Scottish people were and very enjoyable for the country to see them uh, go to a major tournament and do so well. Northern Ireland, they've just recently qualified for the playoff for I think it's the Euros coming up, uh, which is a major achievement for them. You know, the improvement that they've made over recent years has been incredible and, and hopefully now they can go uh, cause a, you know, an upset and, and get to the Euros. When the England team got into the semi-finals um, a couple of years ago, you know, it really sort of gripped the nation and you know, it was good to see them, them go so far and obviously America beat them in the, in the semis which was, which was disappointing but the, you know, they did the, did the country proud. Well, my favourite moment in women's history is probably when my sister made her uh, debut because she's worked so hard to get to where she's got to and I know the effort she put in so for her to make her debut is obviously a dream come true for herself and my family as well. Brilliant stuff as all of us here at NBC Sports continue to celebrate Women's History Month. You can read and watch many more stories of inspiring women in the sporting world. Just go to NBCSports.com slash on her turf. So nil nil then the final score, a point apiece. Robbie Musto, were you disappointed with Chelsea today? I was a little bit, you know, given the last game and given how Kai Havertz looked at a number nine, started the game in the same position. Um, just lacked that last little bit of quality. I think we've got to give credit to Leeds United, the way that they defended, where we don't normally assume or, or think that Leeds are going to be able to defend as well as that. Um, but Chelsea went through, different players came on, different little kind of scenarios up front, different combinations. Ziek, I thought, was quiet. Mount was one of his quieter games. So, again, I'm sure the manager might point towards that final 20 metres, mm. as he calls it, and, and the quality and the combinations just weren't there today. Let's talk Chelsea system. Yesterday on the show, you talked about Pulisic and you didn't feel that he fitted into the Thomas Tuchel system, but then he sort of changed the system today. Talk to me about Chelsea system. What is his best system? What should he be playing? I think the, the success that they've had so far has been with the 3-4-2-1, the um, but the problem is you are going to have players that don't fit into that system. I know Pulisic played today. I don't think he fits that system. And I know, like Robbie said, and I agree 100%, they were playing two different systems, with, with and without the mm. ball. I think if you're going to play like play, a player like Pulisic, then what you want, you want him to start wide, but it's wide on the left, and then being able to drive inside. I just thought at times today he looked a little bit frustrated, and that's, that's going to be a cause of concern. But from Tuchel's perspective, it's about finding out what works best for them. Defensively, they look solid now, but scoring is the issue for them. It is a real issue. They've got um, 13 goals in 11 before today. So 13 goals in 12. Now, that's not good enough, is it, for a team that wanting to qualify for the Champions League? Well, well, well defensively, they've been another clean sheet today. Mm. But no, it's not, it's not good enough. It's not what you'd expect as well, given the amount of attacking sure. talent that's there. I thought Kai Havertz will help them playing as a number nine. That allows other people to play in those positions. I mean, I still think Pulisic could play where Mason Mount played today. One of those guys just... Uh, in behind, but he hasn't had a look in that position. He played today on that, that right-hand side that he can do, 
but I think he will feel that he wants another one of those positions a little bit near the centre. When the unbeaten run goes on, I suppose that's what happens. You get a nil-nil when everyone predicts goals as well. Yeah, I think obviously coming into the game, um, like you said, people would have probably predicted goals. Um, the way Leeds play is obviously pretty free-flowing and um, you know, they're a difficult team to play against. They're you know, athletic, um, switch positions a lot you know, on the pitch and um, you know, it was a tough game. It, was, you know, it wasn't, wasn't the best pitch for both teams to play on and um, you know, we're going to come away disappointed that we didn't get the win. Uh, we created chances and you know, like I said, it was disappointing that we didn't get the win. Thomas, uh, 12 games and counting unbeaten, 10 clean sheets, but does that feel a little bit like an opportunity missed today? A little bit, but pitch is super hard to play. And uh, we had a couple of chances to go to, to go 1-0 ahead. And in the end, of course, they, they trouble you, they put pressure on you, and, and the more minutes you need to make a goal, the more they believe it's normal. But uh, there were enough chances, yeah. But sometimes it's like this. Uh, we cannot. I don't want to be too too harsh now. It happens sometimes that it's hard to score, that you miss some big chances, then you go out with a zero zero. It's like this. That was the story, wasn't it? Particularly Kai Havertz. It's nothing seems to drop for him, does it? Yeah. At the moment. Yeah. Sometimes it's like this. Uh, as long as we have chances, as long as we have um, um, a lot of touches in the box and we don't concede too many chances, the, the results will be there. It's, it's like this. Sometimes we need to accept the result. It's you changed the system a little bit today, and almost a, a false number nine, I suppose, is the phrase he used. Yeah. Do you think it worked successfully? Yeah, I think he's he's pretty much a nine. I don't think he's a false number nine. He is a nine because he likes to be in the high position. It's for him not not always necessary to drop to number ten in turn. For me, his biggest strength is that he he loves to be in the high position and then that he loves to arrive in the box and in the in the um, in the six yard box. Even he loves to be there. He likes to have the, the last touch and that's why it's for me uh, he can play number nine and he played number nine today and of course you've got the foundation of a solid defense another clean sheet and your goalkeeper as well today did yeah well. good goalkeeping good goalkeeping good defending yeah can always be in trouble like i said the pitch was uh, very difficult to play very slippery very very bouncy so of course, it can happen any time, and um, latest games we, 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 we could block everything, and he did not have to make the biggest saves today. He, he saved us also, like that we that we that the task was not even more difficult with one goal behind, and so it was good performance from him, and of course gives us confidence to not concede. But the, the boys are disappointed in the dressing room, which is a good sign. We we draw away, we play a good game, but but everybody is disappointed. It's good. Nope, they saw it out and all three points there for Sean Dyche. And Robbie, I'll start with you. At halftime, you were waxing lyrical <laughs> about Burnley. Never yeah. have I seen you so happy oh, about the Clarets. Amazing, amazing. Full time. Your thoughts? Uh, that's, that's the Burnley that we've come to know and love, that the grinders. Mm. And when they need to do it, they can absolutely do that. And that's the majority of their seasons, and I say that in the plural, is about shape, attitude, mentality, all those that good stuff that is so important in the game. It was just so refreshing to see really another side to them that I'm not sure existed. Second half was what they're all about. They grind out, you know, a few um, scares around the box in their own goal, but in general, 
defended very, very well. It was absolutely brilliant from Burnley. Robbie's obviously, he's, um, you could see how he feels about Burnley. He's got his Burnley tie on as well, the colours yeah. and everything. Well, I'm so very, I am very colour blind. Uh, well, this, is this no, no, colours? Robbie, it's an allegiance. We clearly knew nothing about yeah. it today, but there's clearly an allegiance you, there, subconscious or not, colour blind or not. Spoke, spoken very well about him, and I'm, I'm going to take it on <laughs> as well. They're, they're incredible. It's a group of players that love to defend. When you look at them, and, and, and you said it not so long ago, Robbie, you look at these players as individuals. It's collective where they come together. You look at the spine of that team, that's when you look at the, the quality of a team. You've got Pope and Gold, you've got Tarkovsky, you've got Ben May, you've got Westwood, you've got Brownell, then you've got Wood up front. That's an unbelievable spine of a team. And when they take the lead, more often than not, you look at them and think, OK, they're taking the lead. They can deal with this now because they've got defenders that enjoy defending. And one of the biggest things a manager always wants from his players is for the team to reflect the manager, and that's exactly what we, we were laughing back, weren't we? Like, like Danny had said, I'm going to bring this up that you would love to watch Burnley every mm. single week, yeah, which is the, the, every single day of the week, I think. Yeah, well, the, the reason I say that is because I've said it quite often, and I'll say it again, I'll make no apologies for saying it. There's so, so much snobbery in football, defending is an art as well, and it's not appreciated nowhere near as much as it. We appreciate wonderful goals, but we don't appreciate the position of Ben Mead, the position of Tarkovsky, because as much as you're getting a goal down the other end. They're actually stopping goals from going in the back of the net, so that's why I say that. There's never been more love in this studio oh, for one club as never. we've had in the last few minutes. What a victory <laughs> that was for Burnley, and what a performance as well, as well against Everton. John, well done tonight. Three goals in 15 minutes, secured the points. What yeah. did you make of the game overall? Really difficult. Um, give a lot of credit to Fulham. Um, the way they play the football, I don't think it... It uh, reflects on, on where they are in the table. Um, strong opposition, played really well and uh, made it difficult for us in the first half. Fa uh, really hard to find um, space in the pockets, space in behind. And yeah, we were um, trying everything, came out second half and they corrected a few things and, um, you know, great to just get three points again and, and another clean sheet. The manager made a lot of changes for this game. How much of an impact did that have on the first half, do you think? Um, I don't think it did personally. I think we've, we've all played so many games. We know that the squad's rotated because of the schedule or, or whatever it might be that the manager decides. Um, we all know our roles and responsibilities. And um, I feel like everyone that came in today, you know, deserved uh, deserves every bit of credit that, that they get for the for the three points and and the way that we played, the way that we we fought and um, stayed so patient, which is which is difficult in in moments like this. We've got Aguero on the pitch, Jesus on the pitch. Have you got things going, which must be pretty satisfying. Yeah, really satisfying. I'm glad to uh, get on the score sheet again. We know that they, they keep such a high line from set pieces. Um, so I just tried to time, time my run as best as I could and um, the ball was great from, from Zhao. We, um, we told him to go over earlier to, uh, to have an in-swinging ball and uh, yeah, it paid off. With Gareth Southgate, back to name his, his England squad, is that something that's been playing on your mind this week at all, through this season, something to focus on? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a massive honour for me and being out of the squads is, has been really difficult. I've said it previously. I think... Um, it's been a motivation for me and, and you know, I've worked really hard to, to get back in the team here over the uh, um, last, uh, last, last year, end of last year. And, um, you know, that, the England call-up or if, if it comes is, uh, is, is progress from, from what I've done for, for City and, and what I've done out on the pitch. Well done tonight. Thank you.
Well, I don't think there's any doubt that he will be called up for the England squad. Let's take you back to Lee Dixon and Arlo White. And sometimes Manchester City do this, chaps. They keep you in the game for half a match. You're like, oh, Fulham could mm. get... So oh, no. No, they can't. <laughs> game over. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it was interesting what John Stones was saying there. They've obviously done their homework, Lee, on how Fulham defend set pieces. But you're, you're not too impressed with the way they set up to defend that set piece. I, I think that's a mistake. I think you get away with that. If, you, if you're defending a high line... Uh, for free kicks in that area where it's a dangerous angle to be the ball to be whipped in against somebody who can put it on a sixpence like most of the City players can, then I think that's a tactical mistake. I think you, you're playing against City, you go, do you know what, defend a bit deeper and come onto the ball. They've got less chance of hitting that space. So, I, you know, I think that's a mistake from the coach's point of view when you're mm. playing against a City side who've got so much skillful players on the ball. So, But once that goal goes in and it goes 1-0, then it's a massive task. They've not created anything. Yes, I think, you know, in that first half, they showed some endeavour and looked like they were keeping city, making City frustrated. Mm. Once the first goal goes in, it's floodgates are open. What disappointed you the most about Fulham? Well, they do. No, I think they were well organised. I thought, as I said to you in the first half, I thought they've got a lot of endeavour on the ball, closing down. I thought the press was good, but they don't look like they're ever going to score. They didn't, there's, there's no real sharp edge to their play. So that's something recruitment-wise in the mm. summer, whether they stay up or not, uh, it, that needs to be worked out. Mitrovic is not the answer, um, and, and at the moment. They look a little bit blunted at that at that end of the pitch. For for Arsenal and Tottenham fans, before we leave, give us a reason to watch the North London derby tomorrow. Well, it should be uh, it should be a thunderous affair. Uh, that's how North London derby should be. Um, we've seen we've seen that in the past, um, even after my era. You know, it's a, it's a game that you should tune in for. I think. It, anything, it could be any score. I think that's the thing. You could, you, if somebody can guess the score now, they're a better man than me because mm. it could be 3-0 either way. It could be 3-all. It could be 5-all. It could be goals all over the place. Or it could be nil-nil, but let's hope not. <laughs> 12.30 Eastern on NBCSN. <laughs> For the North London derby, Lee and I will be there. Back to tonight. They've got a 17-point lead at the top of the Premier League. Let's hear from the City boss, Pep Guardiola. Congratulations. You said these are the games you enjoy when you win. What was your thoughts on tonight's game? Yeah, great performance. With a team like it's so physique, so physical and, uh, and good ideas. But uh, yeah, we were brilliant. And uh, yeah, in the beginning, second half was was important. And uh, yeah, important victory for us. Eight games left. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, we are closer. What was your message at half time? We were brilliant. Don't make mistakes behind for the stadium, defend well the set pieces, uh, make a, a good build up, and of course, the, the set pieces that uh, you know we scored a goal help us a lot. You And after the brilliant action, our pressing for the second and third goal. Yeah, this team in the last games I conceded few, few goals, and. Uh, this stadium is so difficult, and uh, and we make a good a good game. After conceded in the last two games, important to get a clean sheet again tonight. Yeah, of course, of course. The dynamic of the season uh, is good, and uh, in some we conceded three goals for our throwing in our third, and today we didn't concede it, and that's good. Uh, yeah, so satisfied. So now we have three weeks, I think, until the next game for the Premier League. Now stop. Now I have two finals in the Champions League and FA Cup, and uh, 
but the team the team is ready to, to try it. So we spoke about Sergio before the game. How important was it to, to get those minutes and to get back on the score sheet in the yeah, Premier League? Of course, it's important. For him, a score a goal is everything, and uh, Gabriel as well. So Farhan played incredible, good game too. So not all the team, all the team was brilliant. How important was these last two results, particularly with an important Champions League game next? Of course, win helps to win the next one. Uh, of course, different competition. And, uh, you know, there is no second option in the next game. So, But, uh, yeah, we're going to, to Budapest to prepare well and, uh, and give everything to, to go next stage. Thank you, Pat. You're very welcome. Borussia Mönchengladbach is the next game, as he said there. Then it's Everton away in the FA Cup quarterfinals before their next Premier League game away at Leicester. So, Danny, the balance now mm. is how he obviously goes for the quadruple, but how we were just having that little chat while listening to him there. How does he maintain intensity but get the victories as he rotates? Because I think what he's created within this squad... It's competition within the squad. We saw it last season with Liverpool, the two fullbacks going against each other to get the most assists, the front three and what have you. The competition within this team is, I want to be playing. There's, you'd probably say there are three, four, five probably at the most who are part of Manchester City's strongest team. I think the rest can be made up then. And I think that keeps competition going. I think it's healthy. And all the competitions that they're in, for me, it's all about the Champions League. It's all about the Champions League now. And Guardiola, the way that he's playing now, I think was in preparation for the Champions League. And they've got a great opportunity now. It's interesting when you talk about longevity at a club. In order to be dominant for years and years, when you look at Man City, as you were saying, you can basically, and you can maybe name four or five, but everybody else can come in and out. When you look at Liverpool last year, the drop-off from their first eleven to everybody else was huge. They don't have that at City, do they? Well, they don't. I mean, you think today there were seven changes to the team today against a team that are away from home, that, have, that are confident, that, that are well set up, and they still win mm, comfortably 3-0. I just think, just going back to that first question, Rebecca, you know, is it better for City to have their best team out there for, for, for each game and to be at it and to be focused? Of course, they don't need that focus now in the Premier League. I just wonder if there's going to be like a chill-out, here we go, Premier League, and then expect to, to, to be spot-on again. But they argue and, and he the... chilled out today because they, he made seven changes and they still won. Yeah, but the, the players, the Mahrez's and all those guys, yeah. have rested up and then you've got to throw them back in again. And they've got to raise their And they've got to raise, they've got to get to, to, to top level again. I just, don't, I just don't know. I just don't know. You know, we just talked about Paris Saint-Germain, for mm -hmm. example, where the French League is done yeah. and they have, to, they have to kind of raise themselves to the top, top level to, to compete in the Champions League and they can't always switch it on and yeah. off like a... Like a switch, you know. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. Well, I see if and we're can do sitting here in the studio <laughs> wondering what on earth he's going to do. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alexander, well played. Winning goal in the North London derby. Is that a feeling that's hard to top? Yeah, it's amazing. We wanted to, to win this game for, for us, for the team, uh, and as well for the fans. Uh, I think they're happy even if uh, we missed them in, uh, today in the stadium, but it was really important for us to, to win the derby. How horrible, though, how stressful were the last sort of 10 minutes on the bench watching as the team desperately clung on? Yeah, it's really stressful because this is our problem when we are winning. We have um, some problem to manage the game at the end, even uh, 11, 11 against 10. This is where we have to, to improve a lot. But at the end, we, we won. We need to appreciate the, the three points and think about first day. Do you actually think it will be quite a big step forward that you did see it through, you did get the win? Yeah, 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 of course. It's really important to win this kind of game. And uh, for us, it's really good for, for the, the next of the season. Tell us about the penalty then. Firstly, the award. Did you think the chance had gone because you had to swing at it, didn't quite connect, and then obviously Sanchez crashes into you? Yeah, really, I, I have to take it first uh, to, to don't miss the ball after, yes, we are lucky to, to get a penalty, I think, but sometimes it's good for us to, to have a good uh, decision from the, the ref and um, I score, so I'm happy. So how did you feel stood over the penalty facing Hugo Lloris? Um, a bit stressful because... Uh, back in the days, I, I shot a lot of penalty against him, but um, I was quite confident. Uh, I think we have to be confident in good keeper to, to shoot a penalty, and today I'm happy. And I won't ask you to go into any details on what's happened with Obama Yang, but I just wonder for you, in the team selection, was it anything different? Did you find out quite late even that you were playing today? No, just at the same time, the coach uh, tells us that everyone's going to play because we play every three days. Uh, obviously, it's not easy to, to stay on a bench in big games, but it's a part of, uh, of football. Uh, I don't think there is anything against, uh, against Oba. It's just a decision of the coach. I will let you ask him about this, but of course. I don't think there is anything wrong with, uh, with this. Thank you. Well done. Thank well you so much. Well, I think the Sky reporter Patrick Davison will be asking Mikel Arteta more about Aubameyang. And back mm. to Leonardo. Of course, that was what everybody was talking about before the game, as mm. is natural. At least with the Arsenal victory, there'll be slightly less in the headlines on tomorrow's back pages about the Aubameyang situation, chaps. I guess so, yes. And, and Lee, you know, regardless of the outcome, I think Mikel Arteta would, would say, look, I wouldn't have changed the decision. I stand by the decision, even if they'd lost 3-0. But how impressive were Arsenal in spite of what happened with their captain being benched? Yeah, I thought they, they all played their part. They all played, It was a team effort um, right from the first whistle. They started really well. They put Tottenham under pressure. We were a little bit surprised how Tottenham came out. We thought maybe they'd have a little go at Arsenal a little bit higher up the pitch. They didn't. And they couldn't really... They didn't have anybody in the team, apart from Lucas Moura, for me, who really took the game to Arsenal at all. They were all... They were, they were carrying passengers. I mean, Gareth Bale, Kane wasn't in the game. And I think when you start to carry two, three, four players in a team, mm. it's really hard work. And I think 
plus that Arsenal played so well as well. I think one team um, performed and the other one didn't. I think Jose Mourinho would be really, really disappointed mm. how Tottenham performed today. They weren't, they weren't at the races at all in every department of the pitch. You, you said that perhaps Lucas was the only player that, yeah. that impressed you for Tottenham. But in terms of Arsenal, is it Smith Rowe man of the match for you? I mean, there were so many God, candidates. Yeah. I thought Odegaard played really well. Mm. Uh, Tierney first half, um, Smith Rowe in, down that left-hand side. In the first half, really caused Tottenham problems. So it was very difficult. Zaka was solid. The two centre backs were solid. Didn't really get tested. The whole team played exceptionally well, mm. and the opposite for Tottenham. So that's why we got the result we did. And it was close in the end. Kane could have sneaked, sneaked it with the hit in the yeah. post. You've got a new titanium knee, but I I, you won't be uh, trying any Rabonas anytime soon. I'm pretty sure of that. No, I definitely <laughs> won't. <laughs> Lee's going home to celebrate. Rebecca, we'll talk to you again next week. Gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Robbie L, was that mm. as good a Arsenal performances you've seen in recent weeks? Yeah, because uh, dominated the football, owned the wide areas of the pitch, certainly the left-hand side, looked the more dangerous um, in possession. Um, we had the, the drama with Aubameyang and the disciplinary issue. His team took that on. It was a big day for Mikel Arteta in this Arsenal team, and they've come out with flying colours. He's got the result, he's disciplined his captain, and that's for another day now, but... The big thing, I think, it gives us a vision of what Arsenal can become. This was a big game. It's a big game for Tottenham. Tottenham trying to close in on the top four. For Arsenal, it gives us a, a, a sight into what the future could hold on big days when Arsenal have to turn up. All right, we're going to talk Tottenham in a second. But is the victory for Arsenal, does that make the Aubameyang decision less controversial for you? Um, no, I, I won't change my opinion about how I think it should have been handled. But, of course, when you win the game... It's a, it's, you said it, it's a, that's a big day and a big result for the manager. Making that call and putting your star scoring player on the bench in the derby like that was a massive call. Again, I, would have, I think there's better ways to, to discipline a player than to, to hurt his teammates and potentially the team, but it didn't today. So well done. It worked out. No questions there. And uh, Arsenal, you know, from the first whistle... Very, very impressive. Explain to me this. You play <clears throat> Son, obviously he goes off injured, but you don't know that at the start. You play Kane, you play Bale, you play Lucas Moura, but you play by sitting off. Why? Well, we were chatting about it, Rebecca, and I, I, I can't for the life of me understand the approach. Lee's talked about the players there that didn't turn up, didn't show up, and, yeah, that's one angle to it, but I think equally as an important angle is the approach from the manager. When you've got all those players, not only those, those names, but it's playing as well as they are. If you look down the Tottenham scoring charts, it's Bale, it's, it's Kane, it's Lucas. They're all playing really, really well. And what have Arsenal done in their last two games to give up goals? Try to get caught playing. They've been caught playing out of the back with a high press. So Spurs never tried that. So that was never asked of Arsenal. I, I, kind of midway through the first half, I'm thinking, well, Arsenal have been good playing out from the back, but actually there's been no pressure. So that avenue of goals for for um, Spurs was gone as well. So I, I'm really disappointed with the manager, Jose Mourinho, and, and I'm not surprised that Gareth Bale has a face like thunder. He's like, what do you want me to do? We didn't have the ball. They've scored four goals in, in three of their last four games, Rebecca. You're thinking they'll go on the front foot. That seems to be what it was going to be. It looked today, if they win, it could be a really exciting end to the season, yeah. Spurs. Europa League, League Cup and top four. By the way, if you turn up the League Cup and play like that against Manchester City... Don't even bother turning up. OK, let's get some post-match reaction from the Tottenham dressing room. Here's their captain, Hugo Lloris. Hugo, the result, of course, is a disappointing one. How did you see that today? What happened? Um, 
The feeling is that uh, in the first half they were much better than us, more aggressive than us. Uh, by one way, we, we scored a goal and, uh, and we took the lead and, and I think we, we should have managed the, the game better and not concede this goal just before half-time. In second half, I think it was a bit better, but we had to wait to get a red card uh, to increase the intensity, to increase the willingness, uh, you know, to to go forward and um, and then we were close to, to to coming back but at the end it's a it's a loss and uh, and uh, it's a big disappointment is the, the big frustration this evening then that it took too long for us to see the best of tottenham today maybe uh, also uh, i don't think that arsenal scored in their momentum uh, and that's something that uh, we have to, to analyse uh, because they hit twice, uh, won the crossbar and, and, uh, and, and the post in the, in the first half. And uh, okay, if they score on these uh, chances, maybe there is nothing to say. But uh, but today uh, we need to analyse and uh, and to move forward. Uh, there is still ten games to go. Um, a lot of opportunities ahead of us, but uh, of course, losing a derby, it's, um, it's a big frustration, even if we won the, the first uh, game at home. Do you feel hard done by with any decisions today? Of course, you lost Lamella to a red card after that incredible goal that he scored, mm. and you, you would have had a quite a good view of the penalty decision. I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, I haven't seen the, the, um, the images, uh, to be honest. Uh, I think when, when, as a player, when you analyse the game, you analyse uh, globally. Um, I think it's too easy to go deep on one or two actions, you know. So I think generally we have to do better. Uh, everyone. Uh, I think the only one who who can have some credit is uh, is Lucas today because uh, he gave all and, uh, and created a lot of danger. Uh, to our opponent of today. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Well, Mikel, first one of these that you've won as a manager. How much credit do you give your players for the performance that earned the win? Full credit uh, to do the way the way we done it today. After two and a half days coming back from Europe to play the intensity, to show the quality that we've done. And the spirit that we showed throughout the game, um, it was incredible. Uh, going one nil down after the way we were playing is really disappointing and probably the worst case scenario for us to play against a team like Spurs. But I think we reacted with a lot of personality. We kept playing and I think we deserve the win. Nice, calm final 10 minutes. Well, the last 10 minutes probably is the worst <laughs> we've played. Uh, we could not manage the game. We could not manage the tension. We should have done much better, and that's one of the things that we have to improve as a team. Do you think it is a step forward that you did see it through, though, or did it was it for your liking too reliant on luck just in that last part? I of think the game? so. Too rely on luck uh, <clears throat> with the way that we play throughout the game. We should have won in a much comfortable way, and you have to see out the game in a much comfortable position. Things to improve. What was the key to your control of the match? Like you say, even when you went one 0 down, you seem to have a lot of joy down uh, your left. Yeah. Well, we prepared the game uh, trying to exploit some areas that we believe we could, but after it's married to the players. I think uh, we had some really strong performances today. Individually, they really stand up, and then you could see the energy that they were playing with, and, and we do it that way, you have a, a big chance to win, so it's, it's totally up to them. Hit the bar, hit the post, Lamella scores an outrageous goal. What Incredible. are you thinking at that point? You, you just, it's not our day. 
No, this is football is about how you react after that, and this team has shown recently that they have the reaction within them that they're not going to give up, they're going to keep trying and keep believing. And I think what we've done, we kept playing, generating chances, generating a lot of good situations, and uh, we got rewarded for that. If you put the two North London derbies maybe side by side, then the last one and today, how much progress do you see? A lot, but I think we played quite well uh, the previous one, but they are so efficient. They don't need much to score a goal to create any dangerous situation. You've seen that today again. The first goal that Lamela scored, that's pure quality, is incredible goal. Um, but yeah, it's still a lot to improve, but I think we are in the right, in the right direction. Clear penalty for you for the winner? I haven't seen it, but uh, <clears throat> on the bench they said it was clear, so I don't know. Yeah, just one more on Aubameyang. You gave us some details before the match without going too much into it. It has been reported during the match that he was late. Now, if that's the case, it just says, why was it important for you to take such firm and decisive action with him? Because we have uh, some a way of living together that uh, we have to respect each other, and that's it. But he's an incredible guy. He's probably one of the most important players in the team. He's our captain. These things happen, we move forward, let's enjoy the victory tonight and let's dedicate it to our fans, of course. Is it more disappointing, though, because he is the captain? These things happen in football. We have 24, there's a lot of things going on in our lives. Uh, people are finding it really difficult to handle all the restrictions that we had as well, and it's part of our job. Can I, just last one on it. Is it right that he was late? Was that the problem? I will never tell anything that happens on that dressing room. I can tell you the reason, but not the facts. All right, well done. Well Thanks done. Thank you. you. Jose, horrible one to lose, of course. How did you see it out there today? No post-match interviews for referees. No, not at the moment. It's a pity. <laughs> well, um, I think we played really bad in the first half. Um, the 1-1 one -one was not a, a fair reflection of the first half. We were poor. Defending bad, no intensity, no pressing. Even in terms of uh, creating attacking football, some important players hiding. First half, really bad. In the second half, we only had space to improve, which we did. And then is a question for a, a question, but an impossible question <laughs> because they don't speak. But it would be a question for uh, for Michael to uh, to answer, and uh, probably Paul Tierney too, uh, because he was the the VAR. But according to to Kevin Friend, um, <coughs> the referee told that. He had a clear vision, and uh, the VAR didn't want to go against. But let's go back to the beginning. We played very bad in the first in the first half. Uh, in the second half, the game was uh, under control, so we recovered what we lost in the first half, which was the control of the game. In the second half, we had the control of uh, the game. We made changes to try to win it. And um, and then uh, it's a penalty, and after penalty, uh, a second yellow card for Lamela. But even so, uh, the team in the last 20-25 minutes, with 11 or with 10, the team tried to to get a different result. 
that's it. Given obviously that the, the officials aren't going to come out and answer questions and speak, just tell us what did you see with the penalty incident? No, what I see was from the bench I have just a feeling, but of course I am 40, 50 meters away. Have so, you seen it back? Mm -hmm. Have you seen it back? Yeah, I, I, I saw immediately. I watched immediately in the in the in the iPad. So I think referees they have a. A quite difficult job uh, sometimes. I didn't complain because he's closer than uh, than me. But then, when I watch in the in the iPad, um, it is what it is. But um, for you, is the big issue that the, the chance has gone. Lacazette's had a swing and he's missed it. Do you have a different opinion than that? No, I just wondered. It's <laughs> something you brought up immediately in the interview. You know, if somebody has a different opinion, it has to be uh, one of the the big uh, Arsenal fans with a with a season with a season ticket in one of these chairs is the only one that I would accept a different view because then that's the passion speaking. Apart of that, I wouldn't accept that anyone has a different view because it's. It's too obvious. One other thing you mentioned, you said it, I think, in your first answer, big players hiding. Does it hurt you to have made the early changes that you did today, not including Son, of course, who's an injury, but to come out and have to say that in a, in a North London derby? You know, but uh, if they didn't better, it's because they couldn't do, do better. And uh, I'm not even going in the direction of individuals because the team is a team. I belong to the team. I am so guilty of that first half. As the players, uh, as the players are, uh, the good thing is that we really improve in the second half. Uh, even before the changes, we come to the second half with a complete different control of um, of the game. We made the changes to give uh, what we thought would um, improve the team, which in the end did it. Even playing with ten, with ten men, but then I repeat, uh, is a penalty. Uh, that I prefer to stay on, on this and say just uh, was a mistake by Michael Oliver. Uh, players get tired of so many matches, uh, coaches get tired, referees maybe they get tired. He had a game midweek, I don't know, Champions League or Europa League, uh, maybe tired. Uh, and normally I'm very unlucky with him because my record with him on penalties is astonishing. With Chelsea United, uh, Tottenham doesn't matter the club. I'm very, very unlucky with such a good referee. Interesting. Let's clear this up. Robbie Musto, the penalty. What do you think? Yeah, I, mean, I caught it in the highlight. I, I think it's the right call, Rob. I mean, it, mm. yeah, I just think it, it, it's a foul. And Michael Oliver's kind of close. If VR is another person that can look at it, and if it's a clear error, can obviously can overturn. The chance has gone. That's what is not happening. You some avoid the chance of going back. But if I kick a ball and then you come in the back of me and catch me it's after I've okay. kicked a ball, it's still a foul. And so right. it's a foul in the penalty box, right. which means a penalty kick. OK, uh, big players hid. We're all thinking yeah. Gareth Bale, are we? Wow, big players. Who are the big players? Uh, Harry Kane, Gareth Bale. I mean, he brought off Ndombele. So it's, it's a did big, they yeah. hide or did he hide them? Uh, very much from the interview, you got the impression that we were bad and... and Basically, it was the players' fault. I, I still don't understand how, from early on in the game, the players aren't on the front foot ready to press, given everything that we've seen in Arsenal in recent weeks. So, of course, the buck always does stop with the manager. And Jose Mourinho, we've seen in the past, tries to, to deflect it onto refereeing decisions or big time, or the big players didn't show up or went hiding. Um, for me, that was a really poorly coached 
uh, game by the manager who did a great job in the week. Mm. It was not today. This team came into the game, Rob. They scored 102 goals in all competitions. We now know they can be front four. I was saying at the start of the game, it's the best front four in the Premier League. Yeah, we never saw them really at any time break loose and go and attack Arsenal. Welcome you in studio. Glad you're with us today. Ahmed Fareed here with the two Robbies, Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl. We'll get to our game in a second. Plenty of time to talk about Wolves and Liverpool. But let's start with some of the big stories that happened over the weekend, of course. One of the biggest results was in the North London Derby. Arsenal getting the win over Tottenham and this season, the way it's going for Arsenal. Whenever there's good news, there's got to be some bad news, too. <laughs> yeah. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang reports, uh, reports indicating that he was late to a pre-match meeting, and yeah. so Mikel Arteta decided not to start him, not to play him at all. Mm-hmm. And then after the match, reports saying that Aubameyang, not part of the team warm down as well, took off a little early there. So don't know all the details of what's no. happening behind the scenes here, but Robbie Earl, it seems like Arsenal's having some issues with another highly paid star. It was interesting because we sat here in these seats yesterday before the game kicked off and said, what a big day this is for Mikel Arteta. Big call to leave out your captain, your best player, your best goal scorer for disciplinary issues and get it out there publicly. And he won the game. Aubameyang didn't play, so fair play to to Arteta. And our buddy Lee Dixon, who's an Arsenal legend, said he agreed with with Arteta taking the strong line. I slightly see it differently, and I think culture and process and discipline are hugely important aspects of a football club, but nothing trumps winning football matches. Ask Chris Wilder. You've got to win games to to make sure you stay in control of a football team now. A couple of things I would like to uh, say from yesterday. One... Aubameyang, I'd like to have seen him step in front of the TV cameras and say, I apologise to the fans, to the teammates and my manager, and let's see how we can move that forward. Because, Rob, I just get the sense now, great win in the North London derby for Arteta. He's maybe seen as winning this mini-battle, but what's the future hold for Arteta Mm. and Aubameyang now? He's his captain of his club. That's the consequence. And maybe, I mean, just looking at his body language, sat on that bench yesterday, I don't think I've ever seen a player look so miserable. You look into his eyes, he's just not focused. I I, I mean, listen, there's there's a risk going for... What does he do? Did he take the captaincy off him? Did he strip it off him? Mm. You know, he didn't do his... Maybe he didn't do his interview, Rob, because, you know, he's so fed up with what happened. Has he been thrown? Has he been thrown out? Has he been... You know, humiliated here a little bit. He looked like he he, he looked humiliated. Mm. And just now, the relationship with them is just going to be interesting. I mean, there's different ways of doing that. Why couldn't you have sat him in, brought him in today and say, listen, you're the captain of my club, the young players look up to you, come on. Like, mm. one more time this happens, they're going to have to, given how big a game it was, Ahmed, how, how big that game was. The only other thing, looking at it, Robin, we know that the, the club announced the, well, um, announced what had happened, like, yeah. soon as the game Official kicked announcement. Official announcement, yeah. like he was late for a meeting or whatever. Going through my mind, I want to ask you, it, was it done for his own benefit, the manager, Mikel Arteta? This whole, this whole thing, to benefit him somehow. What, to, to, to elevate to say but how strong he's been? In the dressing room and the young <laughs> players and the club and the fans with, with, with discipline issues at this football club. It's, a, it's a risk, It's a risk when you're talking about the kind of player that Aubameyang is. We'll have to see between now and the end of the season how this continues. Arsenal got in, in, important Europa League football to play for to get back to the Champions League. I don't think it was... It, it was Arteta's won and Aubameyang's lost. I think they could have been... Both could have won in the end. Out. It'll yeah. it'll be really telling if we hear what some of the players, perhaps even mm-hmm. if it's anonymous players, yeah. what they think of the decision mm-hmm. uh, moving forward here. Perhaps some uh, some happier times for Manchester United right now because 
they're officially doing something that their fan base and people who follow that club have said they should have been doing for the past few years here. Ed Woodward has named his football director, John Murta, his technical director in Darren Fletcher, who goes from the coaching staff, former player there, into that technical director role. Robbie Musto, this is a move that many have said that Manchester United, a step they needed to take. Are you satisfied that they've done it in the right way here? Not totally. I think it's a step in the right direction. Um, obviously, the football club are all in on in-house. People that we know, people that understand the club, um, that have been around the club a little bit. And why, why I'm saying I'm not totally satisfied is it's just super inexperienced. And I get it, they're all going to be very comfortable with each other, and that's important. Mm -hmm. But a club the size of Manchester United, I just think, and I think the fans think as well, that maybe a more specialist director of football might have been a better move. You know, a, a, a sort of halfway between the two would be Edwin van der Sar, former Manchester United goalkeeper. Now he's an experienced in a chief executive role at mm -hmm. Ajax. Would have been an ideal person, I would have thought. But listen, the manager's doing a good job right now. Ed Woodward maybe doesn't want to go and try and find this, this superstar director. So it's all in-house. I like that in some ways, but it's really inexperienced. I think to explain as well, it could be that we see situations where a director of football or technical directors come in and there's a power grab sometimes between that guy and, and the manager. That you know, the manager It's not always the manager's guy who comes in. And there's a division between the two. I think what we see now with Manchester United is some... Um, way of working together that Ollie's happy with, that he knows the people, he trusts the people who have got those roles. Where my big concerns are, two things I'd, I'd ask about, Darren Fletcher and John Murtagh. How much money are they going to be able to spend in the next couple of windows? Because if Manchester United want to get back to winning titles, to winning silverware, they've got to go to the next level, the rarefied air of, of the Van Dykes, of the Ruben Diaz. that's not their call, Rob, is it? That's not well, their call. Well, it isn't their call, but they're only going to be able to do as much as they're allowed to, yeah. to give. So the owners have got to say, OK, we've appointed them, mm -hmm. now I've got to back them yeah. to give them the chance. Mm -hmm. The second question, Rob, is their network, and this is, is, is one point. Who do they know around Europe? What's their network sure. like? Their scouting thing. So they can go and pluck people who are coming out of contract. Mm. They know that Holland's payout deal is this amount of money. Yeah. All that intelligence is hugely yeah. important for somebody in that role and, and that's at where a club like United. A more experienced director of football would have all those contacts sure. around Europe. Also, one final thing on it is there's certainly more accountability now. So yeah. the signings that come in, John Murta, was that your call? You know, Ed Woodward's probably going to be less football decisions, which is a good thing. Mm. But John Murtaugh, all of a sudden, a lot more pressure and, yeah. and scrutiny on his decisions. Scapegoat. You can spread around the blame <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit better, a little bit easier there. Uh, another big story in the Premier League was we got to play all the games once again. So that is really good news. The Premier League did release their latest COVID-19 test results this morning. Over the last week, 2,664 players and staff were tested. Only two new positive tests. Quick look ahead to what's coming up here Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, an abbreviated weekend due to the FA Cup quarterfinals. Fulham leads on Friday. On Saturday, Brighton versus Newcastle. And we've got two games on Sunday. That would be West Ham versus Arsenal over on Peacock Premium. Finish off with Aston Villa and Tottenham right here on NBCSN. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC Podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.